Before we get to Tony Batista, I want to tell you all about Schaefer's newest product, the Playbook of the Week. It's a VIP access only feature with members capped at 100 to start. It has a live Q&A every Monday at 8.45 a.m. You'll hear the trading experts take on the current market, hot sectors, uh, a primer on specific usage of Schaefer's proprietary trading analysis, a deep dive into an equity at the top of our watch list for the week, uh, and complete question and answer sessions. Uh, I mean, it's, it's all gold. Subscribers will also have access to a recorded copy of all past events in the last 90 days available in the My Account section of SchaeferSresearch.com. Dial 1-800-448-2080 to sign up. I talk really fast, so let me say that one more time. 1-800-448-2080. And without further ado, Tony Batista. Welcome back to Market Mashup, presented as always by SchaeferSresearch.com. I'm your host, Patrick Martin, coming to you live on a balmy 50-degree day here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Back like he never left, we've got Tony the Bat Batista of TastyTrade.com, a recurring guest and fan favorite. Tony, my man, it's good to see you. How are thank you? Thank you, thank always, you. Always a pleasure. And congratulations on making it to the Super Bowl there. I got to give you a little bit of shout out. Yeah, well, I, I, if you can see here, I, I figured I'd represent well. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I've managed to wear a piece of gear every day this week, and I even started off on Sunday with a huge order of Skyline, so I'm doing every little juju, momentum, mojo booster I can. I can. Uh, I will say the city's on cloud nine, so thank you. I bet, I bet. We'll, uh, we'll get your uh, prediction for the game at, at the end. Oh, no, I don't know if you're going to want to hear it. Oof. No, it's okay. <laughs> hey, look, I'm, I'm a realist, so... Yep. I'm totally okay with that. You're the hot hand, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's always good to sit down with Tony uh, as a sort of market reset. We've got a lot to talk about today. Earnings season is wrapping up. Uh, It's been a highly impactful one so far. Uh, You think of meta platforms or Facebook, whatever the hell you want to call it, and the shitstorm that caused. Ford Motors gapped lower. That was kind of a random because everybody had been loving Ford Motors. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you got you know tons and tons of winners, of course. Apple, Snap. The big one today was Enphase Energy. Uh, you can catch that on, on on our website. That was a biggie. Yeah. What are some general tech takeaways that you've drawn from this latest earnings season? Yeah, um, earnings seasons are a love hate relationship with me, you know. And I think for retail investors as a, as a whole, when you've got a good bull market, which we've had in the past uh, decade or so, earnings seem to be a you know a love fest for everyone. I think this is the first time we had a little bit of a, a taste of what I think earnings are more like. I mean, they usually overperform because a company always talks about, and I listen, I'm a publicly traded company now with, with IG Group buying us. And um, when we were a public, publicly traded company with, with Thinkorswim, um, you know, you, you don't want to come out and, you know, prior to earnings saying everything is amazing and, you know, your stock gets ahead of itself. You know, you try to play it down a little bit and say, you know, hey, you know, we're doing good. We're, you know, we're hitting all cylinders and, you know, we, we like our projections. You know, you don't really kind of go crazy. So earnings 
have a normally have a little bit of a bullish stance to them, but you did see some stocks get whacked this time, and they are unrelenting when they when they do that. And I think that's a little bit more of what we might see in the future uh, for earnings. I think volatility was a little bit too low uh, going into this quarter, and I think next quarter you'll see volatility for earnings a little bit higher and maybe a little bit uh, better of a premium selling play. They have not been a good premium selling play this first quarter. And that's what I like to do is sell premium. So earnings for me this first quarter was more like 2018 uh, when when we had a market that was a little bit softer uh, than it had been in the past few years. It's it's funny you mentioned the premium selling because one of our internal metrics, uh, Schaefer's Volatility Scorecard, there have been a couple of stocks this past couple of weeks where their volatility score is low. And yeah. When that score is low, that indicates that the premium selling strategy is prudent. And that stands out because usually it's it's a little rare and it's been less common in the past year mm-hmm. or so. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I kind of see mm-hmm. that becoming... Volatility, market volatility as a whole, and we're at around 23 or 24 on forward slash VX. That's the, the VIX futures. That's what I look at. Mm-hmm. You know, comparing it year over year, it's at the low end for the for the year, and I know the year is only a, a month or two away, but in a six month time frame or so than it had been the prior six months, it's actually higher than where it was. But I don't think it's reflecting the kind of volatility that we're seeing. I mean, you look at interest rates, the way interest rates are moving. Um, you know, it, it's just I, I think we're in a we're in a we're in an inflection point. I think with 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 the market, I think it's actually behaving pretty good relative. And for a lot of traders who are new to this as of 2020, this inflection point is something completely foreign. So yeah. they're going to have to be ready. This isn't just buy and hold or hop on Reddit and, and click a few buttons and you're there. You're going to have to think now. And you're going to have to think. You have to be a little bit more strategic. I think the V bottom is gone for a while. Um, I think you'd have more of a... I don't want to call it a bear market because I don't think we're in a bear market, but I think you're, you're, you're going to have more of a, what I would say, a normal market. A little give, a little take, a little give, a little take, um, and hopefully we end up higher. Yeah, I agree. Very well said. So on your site, tastytrade.com, by the way, all one word, uh, you guys run a pretty cool feature, feature trading concept. And I, I noticed your, your most recent one was about poor man's covered calls. So... Briefly, what can you tell a retail trader about this strategy and what sort of trading environment does it thrive in? Sure. Um, a poor man's covered call is, or a poor person's covered call, if we're going to be a little bit more politically correct, a poor trader's covered call. There we go. There we go. <laughs> arose by any other name, right? Um, I mean, all it is is truly um, synthetic stock. And there's there's many ways of synthetic stock. You know, a naked put is a synthetic stock. Um Buy, call, sell, put on the same strike is synthetic stock. Uh, a poor man's covered call is a smaller way of using less buying power than the than the previous strategies I, I just mentioned a moment ago to use um, to use less buying power. You're basically buying a, uh, an in the money option, you know, 70, 75, maybe even 80 delta, depending on the, the stock price, you know. If a stock is a very high price stock like, you know, the S&P, you know, it's $400 or $300. That's harder to go deeper in the money like that. You're just paying a lot of, uh, you're just paying a lot for the option. Not a lot of credit. It's just a lot for the option because the stock is so high. 
Um, but you're buying a, uh, an in the money option in a further out of the money, uh, in a further out in time option and selling one closer to the, to the money in a closer month. Like for instance, now, if I could just use a, a time frame, you might buy a June option with 120 some odd days away, uh, that's in the money and sell an April option that's just out of the money with 64 days to go. It's a diagonal trade. It's a poor man's covered call, poor person's covered call. Uh, it's just a way of using a lot less buying power and having long delta. It's a long delta positive theta decay trade, meaning you're getting paid to hold the position a little bit in positive theta decay. It's a defined risk trade. Uh, it's a high probability trade. And it's a relatively slow moving trade, similar to a covered call. Well, when you say slow moving, that's exactly the sort of trading environment that we described, where it's not necessarily a bear market. It's more normal. And, yes. you know, when you look at history, normal is slow moving. So I, I think this is something that's very pertinent uh, to uh, an investor right now. So I was doing some light stalking on you guys' uh, Twitter page, and I saw a tweet last week that caught my eye. You guys had one of your live shows, and you asked... Is it possible that the direction of the market over the course of the week can be determined by the directional move to start the week? So I want you to at least regurgitate that. And then I know you had some seasonality mm -hmm. aspects you wanted to expand upon. I do. I, do. Um, I mean, spoiler alert, it's pretty random. Um, I know the, the CBOE has come out with uh, weekly options now that, that will uh, basically be daily. You'll have an expiration uh, uh Every day of the of the week in some small products like well not small products in a small subset of products like SPY SPX that kind of thing um, so so quickies which is what when we first invented them what they were called they're now weekly options probably a better name a little yeah. bit more politically correct yeah, again that's the theme <laughs> yeah totally totally um, retail investors have embraced it now I don't know if it's the best place for all retail investors I. I prefer you to take a little bit more time and be in monthly options just to give yourself some time to be right, be a little bit more strategic, like I just said, with a poor man's covered call. But, you know, like a, like a fly to a, or a moth to a flame, you know, we get, we get dragged into this, you know, instant gratification, instant pain type of thing. And we're always looking for a pattern on what's going on with the week. I mean, um, if it starts off bullish, will it end off bullish? You know, it, it really is random. We've done a lot of research on it. We have not been able to find any patterns. There is some seasonality to it. Uh, you know, during earnings season, maybe it's a little bit more bullish than other times, but it's, it's way too random. And I, and I think it's way too close of a look at it. The, the, the thing I've always heard in my 40 some odd years of trading is, you know, the January effect, you know, you know, so goes January, so goes the market kind of thing. And we did a, a, another excellent, I think, research piece. And again, you take it for what it's worth. You know, to me, it looks random. Maybe somebody else can see a pattern. And if you look at, you know, 20, uh, 2021, for instance, uh, January was down 1%. For the year, we were up over 26%. You know, uh, you go to 2019, we were up 8% almost for the year. And we were up 29, I mean, for January, we were up almost 29% for the year end. Uh, Go to 2016, and I'm just cherry picking ones because so, they're extreme. You go to 2016, the January effect. We were down five percent in January. We were up nine or nine and a half percent at the year end. I, there really is no 
padding in every anything that you see here, whether it be a one week time frame or a monthly time frame. And I also think you know if you're doing so much digging and so much re- reshuffling of the the stats and the dates and the time frames to fit a certain narrative, that's not helpful. You know, you're you're just essentially asking for context, additional context. You know, if you have to dig so much for something just to to fit a narrative, then it's not going to work. You you make a great point there. You know, you look close enough to something, mm-hmm. you'll find what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like numbers are numbers are weird that way. You know, you you can give two people the same set of numbers and they draw two different conclusions from them. It's very hard to get granular like that. I, I think. If retail investors, and I'm all about the retail investor, if they stick to picking a strategy that works for them, whether it's their risk tolerance, and I'm not talking about how much money they they could make or lose, but how much money they have invested in that strategy, whether it be $100 or $1,000 compared to their own portfolio, is it a small amount of money? If they stay small, trade a little more often, the numbers will work out. You know, if you're doing a 50-50 shot on your your weekly options, you know what? At the end, your results will be Mm 50-50. You may make money or you may lose money, but your results, your win ratio will be 50-50. If you're picking out a strategy that has a 70% probability of success and you do enough of them, man, the math is so solid. You will have a 70% probability of success. You may not make any money or you may make a lot of money, but at least you'll know on entry what your success rate is going to be. And then manage your winners. It's like put greed away and manage your winners. Yeah. You know, going back to what you were talking about, the seasonality, um, our quant- quantitative analyst, Rocky White, put out an article yesterday. And he threw in something hokey like the Super Bowl indicator of how yeah. a Super Bowl team can indicate the direction of the market. And it, it was a very clever article. And at the end, he goes, look, I – did this as a point to show you that like randomness is a thing. Sure. And even if you have seasonality that you really believe, it shouldn't be your sole measure. And like you said, you need to look at the numbers. You need to look at the probability. It should only it should be a tool in your chest, not your defining feature. Yes. Uh, Market Watch came out with a, a study. A lot of people sent it to me that they claimed was 100% uh, accurate uh, unless we were in a recession. Now, I, I don't know of any, I'm not an economics major or anything like that, but I know the only way you could tell you were in a recession is when you get out of a recession and then say that you were in a recession. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here's an indicator that works unless we were in a recession, which we can't say when we were in a recession. And a recession, being in a recession is so, um, it's not quantifiable. You know what I mean? Like it, it's subjective. Well, it's, you know, it, it's, it's so hard. It's like dating. You only realize you're in a toxic relationship until you leave said toxic relationship. Exactly. Exactly. So, Speaking from experience, I hope not, Patrick. Nope, I hope absolutely not. not. Nope, absolutely <laughs> not. I just war stories I've heard from friends. Um, so going back to your tweets, I I see you do daily uh, about XDiv. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important for a retail trader to understand. So can you break down what these numbers indicate and how they can take advantage of them? Well, thank you for bringing it up. And I, and I didn't know you were going to, uh, but I appreciate it because not only ex-dividend Peloton, which does not pay a dividend, is a great example of what I'm trying to tweet out when I tweet out these things. Let me answer your question directly and then I'll go to Peloton if I can. I'll make it very, very brief. 
Um, I send out those ex dividends, uh, which I get from Tasty Works, which is our brokerage firm, um, only as like a a good to know. You know, maybe you have a, a, a Disney, which has has to have earnings today, but maybe you have a Disney position and it pays a, a, a decent sized dividend. It pays an 88 cent dividend. It's an $88 dividend on an option. If you have a deep in the money call spread, it could be 100% profitable. If you have that that exposed option, somebody can exercise that option. You get assigned short stock and all of a sudden you had this one or $5 wide call spread that you paid three or four dollars for and you were going to make a hundred bucks and now you owe an $88 dividend, you make nothing on a 100% winner for you. So I send out those those things just so you can look at your own position. I know at Tastyworks, we send out email reminders to people who have positions and stocks that are going ex-dividend and just saying, hey, you know, look at your position to, so you know what you have. But I don't know if all brokerage firms do that. I assume that the better ones do. So you should be looking at your own position, but it's just kind of a reminder. But Peloton was a great example of why you should know what you have on in your in your portfolio and close those trades before expiration. A little bit different than than talking about uh, um, uh, ex dividend, but but work with me for a minute here, Patrick. Peloton was uh, under thirty dollars. Let's say you had a uh, you had a short call spread and it was out of the money. It was a hundred percent profitable on expiration Friday. And you decide not to close it because you don't want to pay the, the penny to close the spread or the penny to lift the short option um, that you have in exposure because you don't want to pay the commissions. Now at Tastyworks, commissions to close an existing trade is zero. So it would have cost you nothing to close it. But other brokerage firms, you know, they charge whatever a price in, the price out. And you want to save the 50 cents or the dollar or two dollars, whatever it costs you for the trade. Well, as retail investors, we only have until about 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon to exercise an option if we wanted to. And if it's out of the money, it's not going to be an automatic exercise. Well, Peloton comes out with their news or whatever, Amazon or, or, or Nike or whatever the case may be, that they want to acquire Peloton or looking into Peloton. And all of a sudden, Peloton goes from under 30 to $35 overnight. And a market maker, and I was an ex-market maker, may have until 5 or 6 o'clock at night to exercise an option. All of a sudden, this, this short call spread that was 100% profit, you come in with short stock. And instead of making money, you actually lose money. And now you have to cover the stock on the opening. Even if you had an in the money call spread, maybe one strike in, one strike out, and you thought you were going to come in with long stock, you come in with no stock. And maybe you have an offsetting position against that. So closing your trades before expiration, I think is, you know, you give up pennies 10 times and you save yourself dollars one time when the unusual happens. And I don't think it's super unusual what happened with Peloton. I mean, I mean those moves. It happened in Amazon, I think, uh, a few months yeah. prior to that, similar to that right at expiration. So it's it's just something to keep in mind of, you know, you, you t- take your small, lo- you know, penalty. Take the risk. Take the risk off the table. Right. You, know, don't, you know, you talk about picking up pennies in front of a steamroller. Take the risk off the table. Use that buying power and money 
someplace else. You'll make the the pennies back by just the amount of time you're putting in the new position. You'll right. be fine. Just takes you know, just calm. Just you know, you're gonna be fine. Yep. Don't worry about you know the, the small things there. Yep. Uh, I, I love that. Okay, well, let's pivot to some of the new stuff that you guys are working on over there at Tasty mm-hmm. in the future. I mean, I even so did. Am I imagining things or? I was watching some show, and you guys have ads on, I think, Hulu or YouTube TV now. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. I think we even had a couple on, on some football games, too. I, I was, I did a double take. I was just, like, sitting there on my phone, and I hear, like, Tasty Works. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah, we even sponsor the Bulls, uh, the Chicago Bulls that's, now. Uh, uh, Tasty awesome. Works has their, yeah, the name underneath the bench, and we're, uh, we're on the floor. They put, like, a hologram for the for the TV broadcast, um, in the middle of the, of the, of the, uh, court, which is, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, IG group, which is a, a firm out of London, uh, recently purchased tasty trade. Tasty trade is the whole entity, tasty trade, tasty works, uh, small exchange, um, all the different, different fingers and, and uh, like luck box and other smaller, uh, companies we have, they bought everything. Um, they've kept us all on. They've, they've left us alone. They've, they appreciate what we've built and they, and they had no, well, I wouldn't say they had no, they had a smaller footprint in the U S and they're trying to make a much bigger footprint in the U S and they think tasty trade, um, can bring them there. And I think we can too. So, uh, they've started to advertise. We have a, an advertising budget. You know, it's not just, uh, uh, Tom Sadnoff and Scott Sheridan and Christy Ross and the rest of us, uh, putting our money up to, uh, to get our name out there. We now have a, we now have a, a bigger, uh, uh, war chest, and, and we're ready to go to war. That's exciting, and I think they picked the right people. Uh, Thanks. You know, so congratulations there. Thank you. Uh, can't wait to see what, what's going on. Maybe they'll toss you some Bulls tickets. and. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. They, they got a decent squad down there, so that'll, that'll be nice. Great. So I'm you know, about to wrap up here. We danced around it in the beginning. Give it to me straight. Rams, Bengals, what's going to happen? I think... You know what? I think, well, if, if the, if the, the divisional games were any indication, you want to go with patents. If they're any indication of what the Super Bowl is going to be like, it's going to be a great Super Bowl. And that's what I'm hoping for. I want to see a great game. I know you're a Cincinnati fan. So you got a lot more skin in the game. Um, I think the Rams are a little bit too complete of a team, but there's that untangible. You are the hot hand in Cincinnati. Four and a half points now, if you're going with the spread, not just going with the heart where you want Cincinnati to outright win. Four and a half points might be the might be enough in a, in a close game. But if push came to shove, I'm going to go with the Rams. Give yep. the four and a half points. Sorry. Totally get it. That's fine. I understand. I mean, that's... And I want your love. I want your love. I don't, I'm not, as a Cincinnati fan, that's what you want to hear. Yeah. You want to be the underdog. You want to be the the uh we can't win the magic is you know how long can it last but man you gotta you got a stud quarterback and you're gonna you're gonna be able to ride his back for years yeah i'm going with hopefully uh, you know i I, the four and a half i think is mostly because of mcpherson and the the weapon that he is but i'm going 27 24 mcpherson at the gun uh they carry him off the field and so far and we party on in Cincinnati. Uh, so Fair enough. That's, that's my that's my thing. But uh, hey, congrats on Lovey Smith partying Thank like you. it's 2005 again. I guess. Yep. 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 But um, no, that that that's really all I got. Uh, I appreciate you checking in with us, Tony. 
Thank you, Patrick. Uh, you know, appreciate good, appreciate good, letting me talk to your audience. Good luck with everything going forward, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Have a great year. You too.